0: Welcome to the Financial Jungle, this is Shaikh Podcast. Thank you uh, to all clients, uh, to all participants on the call uh, for this session of Shaikh Khan Forsyth. We are very privileged to have uh, Prashant Jain with us. Uh, you may all know uh, Prashant Jain, he's the Executive Director and CIO at SGST Mutual Fund, uh, India's leading mutual fund. Uh, the AMC's assets are over 3 trillion uh, of which around uh, 1.2 trillion rupees is in equities and equi- equity-oriented schemes as of March end 2020. Mr. Prashant Jain has uh, nearly 28 years of investment management experience. Uh, he holds the distinction of being the only fund manager in India and one of the few globally uh, to have uh, continually managed his scheme for over 25 years. Uh, he completed his PGTBM from IM Bangalore in 91. Uh, before that, he's done his uh, bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering from IIT campus. Uh He worked with SBA mutual fund between 91 to 93, as well as URIC India mutual fund between 93 to 2003 in different capacities. Uh, I'd like to uh, start this call by uh, welcoming uh, Prashant Jain and request him to share his view on the market. Uh, the way it stands now, and post that we'll just have a short Q and A between me and him, and we'll end the call. So over to you, Prashant, for your views on the market right now.
1: Yeah, thanks, uh, Gotham. And a very good afternoon to all of you, friends, and thank you for being on this uh, call. Gotham said, "I have 28 years of experience, but what we are dealing with is unprecedented. So I don't think uh, long experience." Uh, really helps in that sense, but I am extremely happy to share with you uh, my thoughts on the economy, markets, uh, and few, and maybe fixed come as well. So I think the there are two ways to look at the impact of COVID and the shutdown in India and globally on the Indian economy. One is the external view. How is India's external balance of payments, trade balance impacted and the second is the view from within, how does the economic growth get impacted. Fortunately on the external side, India is a net beneficiary of uh, Covid and that is simply because of the structure of the, this uh, country. We are large importers of oil, we are large importers of electronics and our exports to GDP is actually quite small. So, especially compared to many other emerging markets. So, I think what we save on lower gold imports, lower electronics imports and lower, above all, lower oil imports will be more than what we lose out on the lower remittances, especially from the Gulf and the lower exports uh, as well. So, net net I feel India should uh, save between 1-2% to equivalent of GDP. On the external balance of payment side and it appears that current year we may have a near trade uh, balance after almost uh, close to two decades. So I think externally we are quite well placed and we are fortunate to be in this country at this point of time because many other countries that are significantly dependent on all exports or exports of uh, goods I think will be far uh, soft and they will be uh, very uh, they will be significantly impacted now coming to the uh, now the one question you may have is if that is the case then why is the rupee depreciated i think the rupee has depreciated because uh, one globally all currencies have depreciated rupees depreciation has actually been on the lower side compared to most other uh, em currencies And secondly, in the last two months we have seen uh, almost uh, 20 uh, billion worth of FI sales in equities and in uh, fixed income. And the intensity of the sales has been extremely high. And it is because of these sales that we have seen the adverse impact on the currency. I feel, even though we are not experts in currency, I do feel that whenever the FI selling abates or uh, whenever they actually turn bad I think currency may recover some of the losses of the last uh, few months. Now coming to the uh, impact of this within the, on the domestic economy itself I think it is going to be a pretty challenging environment for the next uh, uh, few quarters for sure maybe slightly longer than that. India is 60% a service-led economy. Forty percent of the people depend on services for their employment, and uh, the share of in GDP of the bottom of the lower half of the households in the country is 15 percent. So that translates to a per capita income per household per month of roughly twenty-five thousand rupees. On top of that, in the last two three decades. We have moved from a culture of savings to a culture of EMI-led consumption. So our savings rate has fallen quite uh, sharply. So I think uh, in the current environment, if you look at this backdrop, huge dependence on services, uh, huge dependence therefore on discretionary spends, huge uh, uh, large number of people with low savings and low earnings, I think, and now companies' profitability will be significantly impacted in several sectors and mainly in service-led uh, sectors. So I think companies in their attempt to minimize the impact of uh, COVID and lockdown, I think there will be pressures on wages, there could be some layoffs and the self-employed also will get uh, significantly uh, impacted. So I think, uh, in my judgment, the incomes of large number of low income group people will be impacted for uh, quite some time to come. And for quite some time, I don't mean 3 to 5 years, but impact could last up to a year or maybe slightly beyond that as well. This along with the fact that uh, we just had the Yes Bank restructuring and that has impaired the, uh, the ability of the smaller banks to raise uh, liabilities I think and given the challenging uh, uh, fixed income or the bond environment also I think uh, the willingness and the ability of the smaller NBFCs and of the smaller banks to uh, write more uh, small ticket uh, consumption oriented loans Uh, will also be severely limited. And it was this set of uh, NBFCs and banks which had supported consumption for the last uh, several years. So I think this will be an added factor uh, that could impact the economy. And if consumption slows, then it in turn again impacts the wages. Because at the end of the day, our economy is like Uh, cycle. Someone spends and someone earns and then that someone spends and that is how the cycle goes on and I think what the lockdown has uh, led to is that momentum in the economy has been uh, broken and I think uh, there could also be certain behavioral changes which may not be good for the uh, consumption. One people have realized that Uh, It is the lifestyle which was causing most of the expenditure and not living itself. That realization is there, so some people may not feel the need to go out and spend in a way they were doing in the past. Of course, there will be fear and uncertainty about the future. I am told uh, in China the millennials have saved post-COVID for the first time. And finally, there would also be a desire. To maintain uh, social distancing. So how many people allow domestic help, how fast into the homes, how many people will postpone painting because they don't want to allow painters to come into their homes, how many people will not visit malls or avoid unnecessary travel or stop or not go out to eat or to party or to meet friends. I think these are all answers, uh, which will, to which I mean, we'll know the answers to these questions in due course of time. But at least it is safe to assume that for the foreseeable future, at least some of the people will be more cautious than what they were in the past, and therefore, even after the lockdown is lifted, uh, lifted, I don't think uh, life is coming back to 100% normalcy in a hurry. It will, I mean, we could come back to 80, 90, 95% normalcy. But I think for us to achieve near 100% could take a few more quarters. Therefore, I do feel that the uh, economic impact of this will be there for uh, some time. And it could be anywhere between 6, 9 months to 2 years. Uh, I don't have estimates for growth for the current year but economists are suggesting that it should be a near-flat year of growth, zero growth and uh, I think slowly next year growth will come back. I think next year growth could be actually higher because of the uh, sharp low base because of the six weeks or so of shutdown in the current uh, year. Uh, I think the impact on uh, profits of companies will be mixed and it will vary from sector to sector. Broadly companies that cater to discretionary demand and where the fixed cost component of cost is higher I think these are two characteristics that will impact businesses uh, more.
0: Uh,
1: Some of the sectors that could be more impacted than the others I think could be restaurants, malls, white goods, brown goods, automobiles, auto ancillaries, uh, retailing companies, garment companies, luxury products. So I think uh, uh, real estate also could be uh, impacted because uh, as work from home gained space and as uh, companies cut costs to maintain profitability, I think the demand for commercial real estate could move lower uh, it could impact uh, rentals and the values. I think uh, uh, the uncertainty about the uh, future, the cutting wages for white collar and most companies that I speak to are uh, going to cut wages at the senior levels. Uh, so I think that could. And the wealth effect, adverse wealth effect of uh, the fall in stock markets. I think uh, all this could also... Meaningfully impact the residential real estate market. I think uh, uh, the impact on sectors, uh, these sectors, is going to be quite uh, meaningful. And when the wages are impacted, I think entities that were giving out small ticket loans for consumption or that were giving small loans against property. I think those businesses could also face uh, challenging uh, situations. The good news in India is that the long-term underlying growth drivers of India, of good demographics, competitive wages, competitive manpower, rich in natural resources, I think all that remains. And the, there is one more factor that is emerging very favourable for India, which could work to our advantage over the next few years. And that is the rapid shift away uh, from China as a manufacturing base, that is likely. Over the last few years, China was becoming less competitive because of higher wages compared to other Asian countries. So factories were slowly moving out of China. But I think the association of China with uh, covid The consequent uh, disruption in uh, supply chains has led to a situation where many companies want to reduce their over-dependence on China with a great sense of urgency. I think this will give India a very good second chance to get back into the manufacturing, uh, which we have missed out uh, the last time around. Our wages are competitive. Government is uh, welcoming foreign investments and compared to other Asian countries, we offer a very large domestic market which will work to our advantage. I think uh, over time, growth in India should uh, come back and uh, especially because the external environment is very conducive, low oil prices, low interest rates and manufacturing shifting away from China, these are all extremely favourable to us and I think Will put us back on the growth path, but of course, uh, this will not happen in a hurry. But I think starting next year, we should uh, start coming back to normalcy. Coming to the stock markets, I think uh, the market cap to GDP in India has fallen very sharply. And even prior to this fall, uh, we were at 70% market cap to GDP, which was slightly below long term averages. And this is the first time in my experience when such a sharp fall has taken place in a market that were fundamentally not overvalued. And we have seen the 2008 fall, we have seen the 2000 fall and they, those were markets which were very extensive and which uh, fell. But this time around markets that were uh, slightly undervalued or moderately undervalued have fallen so sharply and today as a consequence our market cap to GDP is touching nearly uh, uh, all time or not all time but long time uh, lows and uh, it is this very low market cap to GDP the very low price to book value where Indian markets have bottomed out in the past we are at those levels I think this is what makes me optimistic about the stock markets going forward uh, even otherwise uh, quite gloomy uh, economic uh, environment because the stock markets typically overreact and they become more pessimistic at times like these but the key is to think one and two years ahead and I think if you think one and two years ahead definitely to my mind the uh, we will not continue to be in the current economic situation. We will come out of it and we will be back on the growth path and that is what gives me the confidence that the current depressed levels of price to book value or market capital GDP provide a good investment opportunity for those of us who can think uh, medium to long term and those of us who are tolerant to volatility. Uh, Another point here is that uh, if you look at the composition of the large cap indices in India, it is quite uh, interesting and uh, one third of the uh, uh, nifty weight is in uh, banks and this environment is quite supportive of large banks. Large banks should gain shares from smaller banks, from NDFCs and also from the bond uh, markets so i think uh, definitely even the large banks will have rise in provisioning costs for the current year but structurally if you see whenever the provisioning of the current cycle of the current environment ends structurally these banks will be stronger uh, their market share should be higher than what they are today so i think some of the large private banks are now available around one time book value for box 22. The, private bank, the public banks are available a lot less and so I think there is a good long term value in that space and uh, I think everyone knows that current year is going to be a difficult year for profits and therefore the key is to not look at P multiples especially for current year but rather look at more stabler uh, ratios like price to book value and at one time price to book for leading private banks, I think that leaves good scope for returns over the medium term. The second sector that is quite large is the oil and gas sector. and the leading company there is Reliance, while we associate Reliance with uh, oil and gas refining petchem, The fact is that today, nearly half of the value of that company is coming from telecom and from uh, retailing and we are sure we have I'm sure we have seen what transactions they have undertaken so I think while refining margins are likely to be hit for reliance FedCAM margins are likely to be lower uh, these are uh, passing phases over time it remains a very competitive refiner and the interesting thing is that the telecom is one of the very few sectors which is actually a beneficiary of the pre-COVID, uh, pre-shutdown, and the post-shutdown environment, so I think there is—I uh, would not say there is deep value in that space in the private sector, but there is reasonable uh, value. If you look at the public sector oil uh, refining and marketing companies, I think they are uh, trading below book values. The uh, refining, the marketing margins have gone up. Uh, Partly to compensate for the lower volumes, partly to compensate for the inventory losses. But I think these companies are to my mind quite significantly undervalued. I think next two sectors are software and pharmaceuticals. Uh, Software I think will have a difficult current year because many of their customers in US and Europe will see erosion in profitability. They may ask for price cuts, they may defer certain projects. But I think this sector is one which helps companies cut costs. It helps companies stay contemporary. And post COVID, companies would want to invest more in their systems, processes, working out of home, working on, the, I mean, moving to cloud, etc., higher automation. So I think this is one sector which remains very relevant in a post COVID world. And I think that from next year onwards this sector should come back to near uh, normalcy though current year uh, analysts expect about 5 10% degrowth in this uh, sector valuations again are quite reasonable and the dividend yields on some of the leading companies is between 3 to 5 or 3 to 4% so that again i think is a sector which is reasonably well placed Pharma, I am sure you would agree the impact is minimal, I mean there could be some impact because of supply chain issues for a quarter but medium to longer term I don't think there is much impact on that uh, sector. The next sector a uh, large sector in Nifty is the EPC companies, companies like Lars & Tobro, while industrial capex will get hit because as companies try to conserve cash uh, they will push out. Uh, any not, non-essential uh, capex, but I think the infra projects, which is what primarily comprises the order backlog of companies like of EPG companies, I think the uh, uh, order backlogs are quite uh, reasonable and I think these companies should come back to a near normal operating environment next year onwards. Current year, of course, profit should be down because for two months, your site overheads, your corporate overheads have been incurred but you have not uh, billed. And these companies again are trading close to all-time low multiples, both in terms of price to book and in terms of fee multiples. So I think there is reasonable value in that space uh, as well. The uh, next sector is the utility sector and this is an interesting sector. And while it has been an underperformer, for uh, quite some time and I think the sector has come to levels which are close to all-time lows, lifetime lows. Many of these companies are trading below book, the dividend yields are from high single digits to low double digits, in some cases even mid uh, double digits, Uh, sorry low teens dividend yields. So I think this is one space which uh, the impact of COVID will be minimal and I am told that in Maharashtra, the peak power demand has gone up because as more people are working from homes, the air conditioning requirements have gone up sharply. So that is one unintended consequence of higher work from home, that the power bills could actually go up and companies like TCS are uh, planning to make a higher proportion of work from home the way forward. And if that happens, I'm sure the power demand will go up, which in any case, low in this country on a per capita basis. So this is one sector which is not impacted by COVID and the valuations are actually quite uh, interesting in that uh, space. That brings me to the last two sectors and one is the FMCG and the other is the automobile sector. And I think automobile sector will be very hard hit. Along with the white goods and down goods uh, companies, and uh, it is very difficult to foresee the earnings in the current year because this is a sector where the fixed cost structure, fixed costs is quite high, and a 20, 30, 40 percent downturn or a fall in volumes can have a disproportionate impact on profitability. Uh, the FMCG sector, I think, many people feel that this earnings will be very resilient. I have some doubts around this because the definition of a discretionary product is not uniform from the low-income groups to the higher-income groups. For a higher-income group person to spend few hundred rupees on a bottle of shampoo or an ice cream or an expensive chocolate or a cream biscuit is uh, okay. It is a very uh, it is a non discretionary purchase for them. But for someone who is earning 15, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 rupees a month, these become discretionary spends. And in this current environment, a very large number of people will see their incomes impacted. I think there will be uh, measurable impact even on these uh, companies. And it is the real discretionary products which have higher gross margins. So I would feel that there should be a decent impact on the profits of these companies as well. Though as I said earlier, since this is a very first time kind of an event, so whether you have 5 or 30 years in the market, it really does not give you an advantage in that sense. So it would be very interesting to see how things play out in the current year. Net-net, the message I was trying to give is that if you look at Nifty, given the composition of Nifty, which is dominated by large banks, which will benefit in the medium term, it is uh, IT and pharma and metals, which are global commodities, uh, they have less, uh, the lower, the local economic conditions do have some impact, but again, it's a transient uh, impact. The utility companies are not uh, impacted and oil and gas again uh, and telecom are either low-impacted or have actually benefited. The, uh, the weight of the consumption uh, discretionary and non-discretionary is under 20% and in Nifty at least. And that is what makes me optimistic given the low price to book values and the low uh, market cap GDP of India on the stock market. Many people find this very confusing, that when economy is in that bad shape, how can markets uh, recover so much? I think while in the near term, markets are always volatile and it is very hard to say, but if you think longer term, I think there is good value in these uh, markets. If you assume that over the next 6 to 18 months, we will come back to near uh, normalcy. Then I think this market offers very good uh, prospects, especially in the large caps. I think uh, I would prefer large caps at this point of time because one, they have borne most of the brunt of selling and that is where uh, the first bounce should come. And second, the structure of the sectoral distribution of mid caps is such that most of the businesses that will get impacted are in small mid-cap space. For example, the uh, NBSCs, the smaller banks, the white goods, the brown goods companies, the retail chains, the hotels, the multiplexes, the malls, the auto ancillaries. These are all sectors which uh, because of the nature of these sectors are in the small mid-cap space and therefore I feel the impact on profitability of companies could be slightly higher in that space and therefore one should be a little more uh, cautious. I think what could investors do in this environment? Um, I think one, it uh, highlights, while this is once in a 10 year, 20 year, once in a lifetime kind of an event, it does uh, highlight once again in a very uh, painful manner the real nature of uh, equities and why uh, we always say that never borrow and invest in equities and always think long-term in equities and invest only that much in equities where you can uh, tolerate volatility and hold it for long periods so that is i think the one key learning of uh, covid that how risks can manifest or come out of completely Uh, unexpected uh, situations. That is point number one. Point number two is that if you look back in the past, uh, it was the severe corrections in the markets around events like these, 9-11, Lehman, Brexit, tapering, Asian crisis, whatever. And when FIs sold very large amounts in Indian uh, markets, if someone invested in those corrections, they gave significantly above average returns and I don't see any reason why that should not happen this time around as well, especially given the fact that the external environment for India is actually very, very supportive. So, I think uh, all of us should assess how much is that portion of our wealth which we can spare for medium to long periods. On which we can tolerate volatility and if we have a surplus to invest I would suggest that we should invest that in large cap oriented funds uh, primarily and we could invest that over the next two to three months in two or three rounds one round we should invest uh, currently because markets have uh, come off very sharply and the current uh, market cap to GDP price to book values such uh, ratios are seen once in a while only and we should deploy some money around these levels. A second round we could contemplate when we are getting a, as a country we are getting a better sense that lockdown is being detected and COVID is coming under control. The third round uh, I think we could invest and this is for the if you are really conservative you could invest after the markets have seen at least substantially the current quarter results because they will be uh, close to the worst results for quite some time. In my judgment, I have seen when result expectations is very low, markets bottom out ahead of the results, but you never know. So maybe around, you could invest around June, July or August. So this is what I wanted to... Uh, share with you and I hope it has been uh, useful and let me now uh, request uh, Gautam to ask any questions that I have not addressed in the Yeah, uh, uh,
0: Prash- Prashant, uh, thank you. I was uh, listening intently and going through the questions I had prepared. There were uh, eight of them, and uh, you, you seem to have covered most of them. Just a couple of aspects where maybe you can shed a little more light uh, is obviously on the debt side and its contagion effect on the equity markets. You know, so we saw the credit issue with Island fs and DHFL, and now we've seen what's happened in the credit uh, uh, funds as well. So, I just wanted to understand uh, and obviously our clients also wanted to know how is this going to impact equities and, you know, where will this, uh, let's say, uh, people withdrawing their funds and uh, staying away from high credit papers, how will that impact uh, the equity market?
1: One, I think what has happened to a peer fund is... uh, while it is very painful for uh, many of us and even for the other industry participants, I don't think it is uh, right to extrapolate that fear into other funds uh, recklessly. And uh, uh, we have seen similar events in the past. And I think at least for us I can speak that we have always been cautious on fixed income investments uh, and we follow SLR fifty first first liquidity, second and then uh, returns, simply because on fixed income, the rewards for extra risk are very small, half percent, one types. So I think uh, I hope this does not become a contagion and the size of credit funds itself is quite uh, limited it's about 50 or 1000 crores, very roughly and that is not a very large uh, Number, so I think things should settle down, unless uh, there is some unforeseen development. So that is a general expectation. I feel that things will settle down, but you never uh, know. Now, coming to your question, how does this impact equities? Uh, actually, in a way, I address it because this is similar to what happened to US Bank. And what does this impact? It impacts basically small NBFCs or NBFCs which the liability franchise is weaker. It impacts smaller banks, you know, they will like to slow down growth and you can see uh, banks are coming to raise additional equity capital to uh, prepare for a bad environment, difficult environment. So it could lead to lower uh, return on equities for these uh, financial entities for some time. I think it could also impact discretionary consumption because uh, when, as I said, large banks will gain share from smaller banks, NBFCs and bond markets. And it was the smaller banks and ndfcs who were funding uh, or uh, financing, sorry, not funding, financing the small-ticket consumption-oriented loans. So I think the discretionary consumption could uh, stay subdued for a while longer. And this is one area, uh, this is one reason why in my opening remarks, I emphasized that consumption in India should uh, take a while to revive. So these are some of the sectors that could get impacted because of this. Thanks, Prashant, for that. Uh,
0: I'll just ask one last question. Uh, what would your uh, advice or guidance be to someone who's new to the market, who's just starting out, uh, going to build their portfolio now? Uh, what would you tell them to do? Obviously, you mentioned the three stages uh, of investing some, some amount today, wait for news to break. Uh, but what would you suggest to them? Do you think they should start immediately given the uh, valuation? All, I would
1: congratulate them that uh, <laughs> they are incredibly lucky. You
0: know, right?
1: Yes. People who are starting their investing careers at times like these—these these yeah. are, among once in a not once but maybe two, three in a lifetime kind of an opportunities. And right. I have seen time and again, and it is well documented in investments that the best investments in life are made in the most difficult times, because right. it is in the most difficult times that you get the best uh, valuations. If you invested post Lehman, post nine eleven, post Brexit, you bought the same businesses much cheaper. And therefore, over time, you made that much more money. So I think those who are just starting out on their investment journey uh, are extremely lucky. And because please remember today, if you look at the nifty returns for last 10 years, they are in mid-single digits. So someone who has been invested in equities for 10 years has barely earned inflation. Markets are so cheap. India's market cap to GDP is near 50% which is very low. So I would say uh, for someone who is investing in equity for the first time or starting out, it implies that your exposure to equity is very low. And also for most of such investors it implies that they are uh, quite young. So you have time uh, on your side and you have uh, the risk taking capacity on your side so i would say for such investors they should make the most of these times such times don't come every now and then and to the extent of their uh, risk profile to the extent of their risk capacity they should invest in equities because longer term equities do create four six seven eight percent more uh, CAGR returns than uh, fixed income despite the experience of last so many years where returns have been low. Uh, I think equities uh, do create that extra wealth and over 10, 20, 30 years, a 4, 6, 8% extra return, it makes a big, big, big difference to your uh, wealth. Uh, that, and uh, I mean, what to buy, I'm sure, Hakam and his colleagues, would do their best to advise you which funds, what vehicles, what stocks, what sectors.
0: Thank you so much. Uh, on that positive note, I'd like to thank you once again for taking the time out and uh, talking to our clients. Uh, thank you all, uh, to all participants, to all clients uh, for attending this session of Sheikh and I'd like to thank uh, Prashant as well as HDFC AMC uh, for uh, partnering with us and hopefully. We will get to address it and hope we can all continue to make good returns as investors. Uh, thank you all. Thank you all. Thank Thanks, you all. Thanks, Thanks. Vishan. ShareCon's in house research desk may or may not subscribe to the same views and may have different recommendations to offer. Statistics mentioned during the session have not been verified by ShareCon. This conversation is for educational purposes only. The information and views shared herein is not intended to be and must not in isolation be taken as the basis for an investment decision.